Well, praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Oh, come on. We could do better. Good morning, everyone. There you are. Shout out to our friends, Summit Ministries, visiting this morning. Thanks, guys, for being here. Uh, All of uh, Paige and Ethan, little Delilah's family, thanks for being here this morning. It was wonderful having you up here. I have a message today to speak to you from the Word of God. The title of this message is Lay Down Your Life for Others. Lay Down Your Life for Others. And we're going to look at the text of Scripture today in the book of 1 John and, and say that, well, Jesus asked us to lay down our lives for others because he laid his life down for us. We're in a series through the book of 1 John. We've been through about, we're more than halfway now, where John has been talking about light and darkness and what really is truth and turn from the darkness, turn from evil, head into the truth. And then about halfway through this book, he changes the main theme to love. And he's going to talk about how we should love one another. Jesus loves us. He's going to say uh, next week, we'll look at the passage, the three very most powerful words in the book of 1 John, God is love. We'll look at that next week. But today I want to look at a passage of scripture where John is telling us we need to lay down our lives for others, especially those who are in need. I'm going to do something today that uh, I've never done to this extent in all of my preaching. I've been a pastor for uh, almost, this this coming year will be 20 years of being a pastor, uh, almost all at New Life Church, praise God for that. And I've never read this much scripture. So today we're gonna, we have a key passage from 1 John, and then I'm just gonna hammer you with, with verse after verse. I have Two pages, so get ready for this a little later in the sermon. I have two pages of verses about how we should take care of others and have uh, a heart for the poor. So be ready for that. I'm I'm actually really excited about it, Uh, excited to read this much scripture in church. So let's stand, would you? We're going to read our key passage today, which is in 1 John uh, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. So if you're able to stand, thank you for standing. This is what John has for us today from the word of God. Listen to these words. He says this, John 3, starting in verse 16. This is how we know what love is. So how do we know what love is? Well, here's the answer. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to, here's the title for the sermon, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Christ, you are here. You are in our midst. And Lord, as we open scripture, as we learn about your heart for those in need, Lord, would you put your heart in us? Lord, you laid down your life for us. May we lay our lives 
down for others, for those that are in need, for those that are around us, Lord, that are looking for help. Lord, would you put inside of us the the willingness, the pity, as this verse says, to care for those that are in need. Lord, we pray and ask this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou Springs shouted, Amen. Amen. You did it. Good job. All right. You may be seated. Uh, First point, let's just jump right into this sermon because I have a lot of verses to read. Like I said, Uh, the, the main point, first point is this, God loves the poor. God loves the poor. It's one of the mega themes that we see throughout scripture. God loves the world. God loves everyone. And God specifically, if you read this book and and look for the verses, some of them I'm going to read for us today, you'll see God has a special place for the poor, those who are in need. God loves the poor. That's point number one. And I'm going to read for you a whole bunch of verses about how we should take care of the poor. I want these verses to wash over you. I, I, I want you to really to try to concentrate on each and every one of them because they show an epic theme through the text of Scripture that God loves the poor, that God loves those who are in need, and that we, as followers of Jesus, should also love the poor and love those in need. Now, I found this list on uh, a little site called Google. Anybody know Google? And it, it makes searching the Bible really easy. It makes finding verses very easy. Back in my day, like when I started loving the Bible and studying scripture, and when I even went to seminary, uh, you had to, if you wanted to look up verses on, uh, like, uh, say, a certain subject, you had to get something called a concordance. Is anyone in here familiar with a book? Oh, look at all the hands. Oh, look around. So, so a concordance, if you don't know, that's perfectly okay. They're pretty much extinct now because we have Bible apps and websites like uh, Bible Gateway and all these wonderful tools that have at a push of a button, you can search any word you want and any subject you want. And it's really helpful. But back in my day, let me say that right. Back in my day, we had a paper concordance. And so if you wanted to know what the Bible said about love, or if you wanted to know what the Bible said about the poor or poverty or caring for others, you would have to pick a word and go into the concordance and look up every single word. Let's say you would look up the word poor. You'd go to the P's, P-O-O-R. You would find that word and you would find every little listing in the Bible. Of, and you, then you'd have to go read those verses and study. And, and the whole, the internet and Bible applications have made this a lot easier. So I, I, I Uh, can tell you that I got this list from a Google search and it was pages and pages and pages and I sort of picked some of the best of. And I have for you a list of, these are verses what, what God thinks about the poor and what we should be doing when we see the poor and needy around us. So let me start off with this list. I pray the, the Lord will wash over you his truth. Psalm 140:12 says, I know The Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the case for the needy. Proverbs 21, 13. Whoever shuts their eyes to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. Isaiah 58, 10. I've been thinking about this particular verse 
all week because I've had some friends that have uh, recently shared with me that they're really struggling with depression and I've been leading them and helping them. And I think with a struggle with, with mental illness like depression, I think there's, there's I, I'm encouraging them, get help, get counseling. And there's also something like counterintuitive that this verse strikes at that, well, well maybe if you actually focus on others you yourself will be helped. Let me read this verse for you and see if you get that out of it as I have this week. Isaiah 58, 10. And if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday. Ezekiel 16, 49. Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were... Listen to this. This may be the sin of our day. The sin of Sodom, the sin of her daughters was arrogance, being overfed, and unconcerned. See, her and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and the needy. Proverbs 28, 27. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Psalm 82 Verses three and four, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed, rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Proverbs 31, eight and nine, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all those who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Proverbs 14, 31, Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Deuteronomy 15.7. If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns and the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted, do not be tight-fisted toward them. Proverbs 22.9. Generous. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Psalm 37, 25 through 26. I was young, now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Quite a few more. Pay attention. Let this wash over you about how our attitude should reflect God's attitude with the poor. Proverbs 29, 7, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. If you're kind to the poor, you lend to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Jeremiah twenty two sixteen. he defended the cause of the poor and needy, and so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord. Psalm 41, 1, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. And then here's a key verse for New Life Manitou. We, we talk about this verse a lot. The greater por- portion in Isaiah 41 sounds a lot like Manitou. There's this uh, metaphor of water and, and rivers and creeks and streams and, and the Lord answering his people. Listen to this, Isaiah 41, 17. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never forsake them. 
This is just a smattering from the Old Testament. I have a few, just a couple more passages from the New Testament, but this is a mega theme throughout Scripture. I hope you'll leave here today and be like, man, that pastor really had a lot of verses. He read a ton of verses. And this is just like a a drop in the bucket of passages about how we and our hearts should be towards the poor and those in need. Here's a couple from the New Testament. Matthew 19, 21. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Or a favorite passage on what true religion is. James 1, 27 says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress, to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Two more. First, Second Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And one final verse, Jesus says, sell your possessions in Luke 12, 33. Sell your possessions, give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. Treasure in heaven that will never fail. When no, where no thief comes near, no moth destroys. For there your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's a lot of passages, right? There's more. There's a lot more. I could go on and on and on reading passages about what God thinks about the poor what we should be doing when we recognize the poor and the needy around us. I've said this, I'll say it again. It's a mega theme throughout the context of Scripture. So here's a question for you. Uh, and you won't have to raise your hand. Uh, you won't, I won't call you out. This is a question between you and the Lord. Like, I answer it uh, truthfully. Uh, what are your thoughts about the poor? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Let's say, for instance, you're driving down Colorado Ave, you get to a, a, a red light and someone's in the median holding a sign. They're asking for money, they're busking for money, they're, they're wondering if you might roll down your window and give them some cash. Like, what are, what are your thoughts about that person? Clearly they're poor, they're asking, they're begging. What are your thoughts? Maybe another situation, you're walking through Manitou Springs. Someone makes eye contact with you. They're sitting on the ground and they say, hey, can you spare some change? Like, what are your thoughts about the poor? Hold on to that question. And once again, this is, this is everyone needs to answer this own question for themselves. We're not gonna raise hands. We're not gonna uh, call you out. But just like, what, what are your thoughts when it comes to some, seeing someone who is poor and in need. We'll come back to this question, but first the next point. Point number two is this. Love for the poor is how we know we love like Jesus. Love for the poor is how we know that we love like Jesus. This is right out of the, the context of our main key passage for today. I know I let, read a whole bunch of uh, verses for you this morning, but 1 John 3.16, I'll reread this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to do what? Well, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. And then it goes on. If anyone has material possessions, we all have something, and sees a brother or sister in need, but we have no pity on them. How can the love of God 
be in that person. Dear children, he then says. He's really, he's, he's wanting us to know that, that we are loved. And he's writing in love. Dear children, let us not love with just words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So I'll kind of go back to that question. Like, what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts about the poor, those who are in need, those who are uh, maybe begging on the, on the streets, the homeless. Like, what should our thoughts be? I have some thoughts. Maybe, I think most of us would say, well, we're, I, we know the right answer. The right answer is we're supposed to love them. The right answer is we're supposed to care for them. But then many of you would say, well, doesn't it get a little complicated when some of the main uh, reasons someone is potentially on the street is drugs, alcohol, substance abuse? And, and many of us would say, well, we don't want to encourage that. We don't want to enable that by giving them a gift that they could then go and then potentially further wreck their life. Some of us would say, well, we know the right answer is to to love them and to care for them and to give to them, but we don't want to be taken advantage of. Some of you might have thought that, like, well, I want to help, but I don't want to put myself in a dangerous situation, or I don't want to be taken advantage of, or I don't want to enable. Like, there's, there's a lot to this question of how do we practically help someone who is poor and in need. And I know I have, uh, at least in my mind, like this idea of like when I help someone, I really, I, I want it to count and I want them to be grateful. And I have this image in my head, maybe it comes from, I think I was thinking about this week, it's like, where does this idea come from that I really wanna give in such a way that they're appreciative and it's like, oh, this, this, in, this gift ends up changing them for the better and there's like a heartwarming story behind it. And I really think that I was uh, like very impacted in 2004, some of you will remember this TV show. It was a heartwarming TV show. I mean, there's a lot of junk on TV, but this seemed like one of those shows that was like, oh, this is, this is uplifting. This is encouraging. This is good people doing good things and kind of telling the story. This is like good television. It was a show that came out in 2004. How many of you remember the show Extreme Home Makeover? Anybody remember that show? They would take someone, they would take a family and kind of showcase their story. And they'd say, oh, maybe they lost mom or dad. Maybe a business failed. There's a sad story surrounding their situations and they're just barely surviving. They're just barely holding on. And, and the, the, the show would, would kind of showcase their story and then send them on vacation, right? And then they get back from this vacation and their whole house would either either be totally remodeled or transformed or a huge addition added to their house or they would just tear out the house and they would build a whole new mansion for these people and they would come back from vacation and be like, wow, we can't believe this. This is wonderful. And if like mom liked music, there's a whole music room for mom. Wow. And everybody's crying. And sometimes they would do like follow-up stories on like how much that this wonderful uh, deed of getting, giving them a new house or a huge new remodel uh, meant to them and in their life. And like that's what, like the, I, I see that on television. And that was kind of like the first of its kind. You go to YouTube today or other shows like this. That's like a whole genre nowadays of like helping people out, heartwarming stories. And it's also wonderful. It's also beautiful. And when I give, I've never seen a story 
like that. Like I, I, I give to someone, they're like, hey, don't you have any more? Like, Kate, don't you have something else? I'll tell you a story. So uh, years ago, our kids, um, we saw someone begging and uh, one of our kids asked about it and we're like, well, they're homeless. So what's that mean? Why don't they go home? It's like, well, they don't have a home. We're trying to explain to our young kids like why people are begging and, and shouldn't we help them? Yes. And then we tried to, uh, broach, breach the, the subject of like, well, uh, there is addictions and we try, not, we try to give them gifts and things that would, would actually, you know, set them up further for life instead of just cash, which is just, you know, feeding them for a day and potentially they could be using that to buy something they shouldn't. And so we, we came up, it wasn't even our idea of this, of blessing bags. You know what a blessing bag is? Our kids uh, had these blessing bags. It's like a Ziploc bag with water, some healthy snacks, a toothbrush, some toothpaste, some socks, things that if someone was living on the street, they would appreciate these things. And so we had these blessing bags. And the kids are all excited, like, who are we going to? we got to find somebody to give it out to. This would be awesome. And then we pull up. There's a guy with a sign. It says, anything helps. Anything helps. What's it say? Anything. Like, anything. We're like, oh, Great. Here's the guy, let's give him a bag, we're gonna bless him. Like I had ideas of like, oh, he's gonna be so grateful, he's gonna thank us, it's gonna be a great experience for the kids. And so I say, kids, who wants to give it to him? And they're all like, well, I don't wanna give it, I don't wanna give it. Say, so, okay, that's fine. I'll give him the bag, roll down the window, say, hey man, we have a, well, a bag for you. My kids made these, uh, it's got some stuff in there, some food, and there's even some scriptures to encourage you. Here's, here's a bag. And he kind of just looks at it, and he says, I don't need your charity. And I thought, wait, what? Like, what, what, you're holding a sign. What's the sign say? Anything, helps. anything helps. And so we hand this guy the bag and he's just like, kind of takes a step away from it. And he's like, you know, I'm just, I just need like 10 bucks, man. You got 10 bucks? I just need some food. And we're like, oh, we, we got, there's food in the bag. There's healthy stuff. And he's like, I don't want that food. I want 10 bucks. You got 10 bucks? And I was just like, uh, no, no. And the kids are all like, what is going on? And it was just like, that's, I think what happens when, when messy people need help and you try to help, it's just, it's not as neat and clean as the, as the Hollywood show would make it out to be. And I've already said, like, I like the show Extreme Homemade. It's not even air on the air anymore. I just remember it being impactful to me of like, oh, this is what it should look like. And maybe that's true. That's what it should look like. But often it's not. There's some Hollywood, you know, brushovers and frosting on those stories to make it all picturesque and heartwarming as it is. I think giving to, to those who are in need needs to first come from a heart that is truly loving. And then like, okay, how, how we do something is maybe as important as what we do and with what intentions we're giving to the poor. But I wanna say this, uh, the intention to help and care is often just as meaningful as the physical gift. Like I think, um, I, I pray and hope that the, the guy that didn't even get the bag uh, would, would at least know that, oh, okay, at least there's people who want to give. At least there's people who care. And at least there's people who are looking out for him, although he didn't want that particular gift. At least he knows that there's people who care. You don't have to look very far to find somebody who's in need. You know that in the United States, there's an 11% poverty rate. 
And that's calculated by, okay, how much, how many people are in the family? How much money is coming into that family or household? And then how, how much does it cost? If your household is five or six people or two people, how much does it cost to house, to, to feed, medical expenses, transportation? These things are added up in the United States. Those, those rates are, you know, going higher and higher. And if the poverty, if the amount coming in is more than the average that you need, well, then we'd say, okay, that's poverty line or below poverty line. And it's something like 11% in the United States. In Colorado, it might be a little better, somewhere around a nine or 10%. But our default as Christians, I have something to say about this in a moment, but our default as Christians should be to show care, to, to want to help. And maybe we don't often know exactly what to do, but we could try, we can help, we can have pity. The Lord calls us to have love for people who are in need like he has love for people who are in need. Let me skip to uh, point number three, which is this. He laid down his life for us. This is exactly the, the key passage we've been reading today in 1 John 3, is that we're called to lay our lives down. We're called to serve those who are in need, to lay our lives down for those who are in need, because he laid his life down for us. And true hope, true help, is in the saving knowledge that God himself redeems us and saves us from all of our sin, all of our mistakes, all of our poverty, this earth, the Lord saves us and redeems us into his kingdom, into his grace. Now, a lot of you, uh, as, as we begin these discussions, and this would be a great discussion for like lunch or after church this week about, okay, how do we help the poor? We're called to do it. Of course we are. How do we do that? And I think one of the best things, one of the best things the church has is whatever we do, it's, it's also with a message, a message of God's love. And say whatever you will uh, about the problems that, that many people would quickly bring up about the, the, the welfare system in the United States and, oh, it doesn't work or it leads to this. or Everyone has issues with, with you know, the government agencies, state agencies. And my biggest problem is, well, it doesn't come with a, a message. It's just... It's just it's just food and it's just clothing or it's just food stamps or it's this or it's assistance. And we as the church, we get to help people with a real message of hope. Can somebody say amen to that? Like that, that's, what's, that's what's so different in our world of the church helping versus like just people getting together and doing something good. That's wonderful. That's great. But when the church does it, it can also come with a message of hope and life, and salvation. I think our first, uh, you know, Pastor Christina, who did our offering moment, said, we give to the Lord. We, we give to the church, and we certainly do, and it's, it's the church where we can band together, and we can do a whole lot more than just a whole bunch of individuals giving on their own. Like the amount, New Life Church is eight congregations, and if you look at New Life's giving, we're able to partner with things like Mary's Home that came out of New Life Church. It's a, it's a, a housing for homeless moms that are single moms. We have uh, the, the women's clinic at New Life that, that, that came out of New Life Church. It's a clinic that gives free uh, medical care for women who are uninsured or underinsured here in Colorado Springs. We have partnered with a big 
biggest partner with Springs Rescue Mission, the front lines of people who are Christian, the Christian organization working with people on the streets and homeless, bringing them in, giving them shelter and food. Like we as a church and churches around the city of Manitou, Colorado Springs, we can do so much when we give collectively. And not just that, like we can give with a message. Like we're not just doing good things because, oh, we think that that might be a good idea. We do good because there's good inside of us and we believe in a good, loving God who has put his love inside of us for those who are poor and those who are in need. And when we give to the church, well, we don't just stop with like, a a pantry, a handout. I think about all the work I've done over the years with the pantry that's in Manitou Springs. I know some of you, where's Jenny? Jenny helps out sometimes. Lorelai, I don't know where she is. Uh, A couple of you, there she is over there. I see you in the back, Lorelai. People that uh, have helped out with the Manitou Springs pantry happens right downtown, central church in town, uh, St. Andrews. And uh, for the first five years as Manitou launched, I felt a particular burden to help every single week, Every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m., I was there serving, meeting people. And I, like my takeaway from those years of serving, and I still serve every once in a while. I visit, I, well, we send volunteers there. Just this morning, someone emailed and said, hey, tell, tell me more about serving in Manitou. Uh, what is this thing with the pantry? And it's like, oh, well, it's, it's a wonderful ministry. It's a conglomeration of several churches and just people who want to help. But I always felt as, as a pastor, my role when I was there was of course to help people through the lines and get food. And, and, but I always thought like, I wanna know your name. I wanna hear your story. I wanna speak into your life. If an opportunity arises and you ask for prayer, well, I'm a pastor, I'm gonna pray with you. I'm gonna pray for you. If you need a place to come for church and discipleship, like there's a message that is, that is much higher, a real salvation that is above and beyond food for this day. There is food that God gives us for life, for his work on this earth. And today we're gonna receive communion. We, we, we receive communion every week at our church is, a, is an open table. We believe that Jesus gives an invite to the world to come to his table and to receive. And so if you believe in Jesus, then you're invited to come forward. If you're working towards a relationship with God and and are wanting and seeking him, well, then you're invited to come forward. Jesus' table is open. The kingdom of heaven is often seen as a place where we can come, where God is knocking at the door of our hearts, inviting us in for his meal, for his care, to receive him inside of ourselves, that he can come and eat with us and we can eat with him. So would you stand with me? Let me, I'll give you a couple more instructions. The band's gonna come forward and lead us in one last song. Communion servers, would you come forward to to, uh, provide the elements for the people? We're gonna come through the lines. Uh, We're gonna come through the the front, uh, making our way to the center. We're gonna walk. I always always talk about this as a journey through the church. Like it's a very short journey, just coming forward, coming down. Uh, The the communion servers are on each side. We'll say Christ's body and blood for you. Would you receive that? Would you receive the mystery of God's grace? Would you receive this, um, this moment in time where it's like God is knocking at the door of your heart? And would you be willing to go in and to eat with him? I know some of you might be thinking, 
Um, if you've ever gone to somebody's house, here's a word for you. If you've ever gone to somebody's house and you realize, oh, we probably should have brought something and you, 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 you're, oh, I don't have anything to bring. That's okay. In, this, in, in the context of church, we go before the Lord empty-handed. We go before him and he opens up the table to us. He provides a meal for us. That when we come together, we, we receive from his table. And his gift is grace. His gift is mercy. So what you'll do is you come forward, you receive the elements. Would you go back to your seat and just hold them? Would you uh, wait? Pastor Christina is going to come forward and we're all going to receive together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that, that you're here. We thank you that you've made this table an open table that we might receive from you, that, that all those who are willing, all those who want to receive can come to your table and receive from you. Lord, we, we praise you. We thank you that we get to come forward and receive from your table. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. These are the gifts of God for the people of God, the body of Christ for the body of Christ. Come forward and receive.